we had this thing set up. Hello, everybody. Hey, everybody in the halls. Come on in. I know you're there. Well, I think that we should just start. Wait, 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 wait a second, Pastor Nate. We're not going to quite start. We're not going to quite start yet. First, we're going we're gonna to say a word of prayer. Thank you, God, that we could be here at church, that we can uh, praise you, and just thank you for being you. Amen. All right, we're going to sing a couple songs at first. My voice will crack because I'm singing it in a high whatever, but it's all right. Here we go.
Good morning, everyone. My name, my name is Jerry Gaskell, and I have the pleasure of doing testimony time today. Um, I love testimony time. Uh, I think it touches on a, a few of our values here, especially authentic community and all of life's worship. And uh, just it's a time to pause, to share our stories, uh, to praise God for the things that he's doing, has, has done. Um, and so, if anyone would like to share, uh, I, and uh, I had something else to say in that. <laughs> uh, these stories help to build us up, um, each other, and uh, encourage our community. And so that's why I love testimony time. But if anyone would like to share how God is moving in their life, either uh, this week, this month, maybe even this year, that's okay too. Um, feel free to raise your hand. Uh, if you're on Zoom, you can put your name into the chat. I will share something. <laughs> um, I've been working through a lot of really, really tough stuff. Um, in my personal life. And I, a few weeks ago, had, I was starting a new medication and it didn't go so well. I have really weird reactions to some medicines and it was just a really, really dark week um, for me. And I ended up going off the medication, but in the midst of that, um, it just, I was in such a dark, dark place. 
I won't go into the details, but um, I, one of the nights just was so hard for me. Uh, I reached out to Manya and Manya came over um, and just spent the evening with me and held me and encouraged me, spoke truth to me. And it was what I needed in that moment. And then um, just the next day, lots of people, Jenny had come over in the morning to spend the morning with me, made me breakfast, brought me coffee. Um, it was just what I needed that morning. And then um, just so many people reached out the next day. Um, and it was just each message that I received was timely. And I just really saw God and all of that and um, all the shame that I felt for what had transpired the few nights before that. Just there was so much grace and forgiveness from uh, especially Manya and Jenny, and I just really felt God speaking through everyone to me that week. So, yeah, yeah. My name is Greg, and uh, the grocery store that we frequent. Uh, it, there's a, a young artist who's there and he's got like some framed pencil drawings and whenever I walk in like the cart is rattling and he's talking but he's so soft spoken and like I'm in a rush and this has been going on for months like if I go to the this grocery store after work he's there and <clears throat> and I just like sorry I, I keep moving and like um, I'm just always in a rush, and in this time, and maybe it's from like eight days ago, we had that listening to God thing here on Saturday morning, and so this last week, I like did my normal rush through like, and started my grocery shopping, and I'm by the bananas, and like I just felt like, hey, like that's a person there, like maybe I like. And I was like, okay, God, like, I'll, I'll like give him $20 or something. And, and I, I didn't have a 20, I only had a hundred. And, uh, and so I was like, okay, like, I'm going to, I hope he's going to, I'm going to break it at the cash register and on my way out, I hope he's still there. And, and then like, as I'm grocery shopping, I'm like, I could just like, it's not about giving the money, like, God, God was like kind of impressing on me to like slow down even more and not just rush through and like have a conversation. And so, yeah, like I, I almost checked out with my Discover card like, and not broke the, the money, but I like was reminded again and I broke the, the hundred and uh, yeah. And then like I, I slowed down and I met him and we talked and I don't remember his name. I wanted to remember his name, but uh, both me and my, I told my wife, we both forgot. I should have wrote it down. Uh, and, but I'll meet him again this next week. Uh, and yeah, I don't know what's there, but uh, it's cool. Just, I want to train that listening more, even if it's just in little bits. Uh, and get closer to being receptive to that and responsive to that. So um, I'm thankful.
Thanks for sharing, Greg. Hi, Jackie. Hi. It's good to see you. Well, before I do my testimony, I want to start off with a joke, if that's okay. Just a quick one. Um, what is a ghost's favorite dessert? Booberry pie. Get it? Is that a blueberry? Booberry? Well, I know the days are getting colder and the warming center will be starting up soon. And lots of homeless people don't have a, um, lots of warm food or anything. So I'm glad for that. Amen. Thank you, Jackie, for sharing. Oh, we got Harvey over here. Good morning, everyone. This is Harvey. I'm, I'm wondering how many of us now are during this sermon look up and see the empty cross. Do you think about that? Did you look up there? Why is our cross empty? Jesus was crucified and suffered on that cross. Then he was laid in a tomb for three days. He forgave our sins because he went up on that cross. And <laughs> I couldn't begin to tell you all my sins, but God has forgiven them, every one of them. And I think about those, and I said, boy, <laughs> thank you. I didn't think that would happen. But all of our sins are forgiven because that cross is empty. So I would like to have each one of us look at that cross and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thanks for the reminder, Harvey. Anyone else like to share? Oh, yeah, I knew that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I've got one too. Um, as a community, we've been, we're a small church. And we've been praying, like, how do we love and care for our high school students? What does that look like for us? We've been praying about that. We had been like, Lord, is there people among us and all that? And sometimes you ask, and it's crickets. You know, like, uh, sometimes you ask, and it's, and it's crickets. <laughs> I mean, how can you not? I know this Jim is talented in making a cricket noise. It's one of his talents. So if you, if you need it. Jim is here for it. So, but um, just because you ask once and you go through a season and nothing happens, doesn't mean that if you do it again, it won't happen. So we asked again. And it's a part of faith. It's like God has what we need and has what we need for us. And so, that's right, Gregory, thank you. And we were, so we were praying and we were doing that. And then all of a sudden God highlights Hannah Anshango. Hannah, I don't know if I'm saying your name right, your last name. Nope. But highlights for Hannah and we are like, huh, yeah, this could be. So we can start engaging a conversation, 
to kind of oversee our high school, to lead the ministry for our high school students. And we kind of know it's like, uh, it, it's, it's small. We want to build relationships and it's, and it's that. And we we're like, would, would you be willing? Would you be willing to, to love these kids? And Hannah has said, yes. And so we are so pumped for that. What we know about Hannah. Um, and when we, when we look to hire, we go for character and competency, right? Do they have the character? Do they look like Jesus? When you squeeze them, do you get Jesus? <laughs> You know, when you squeeze a lemon, you get lemon juice, right? So, but when you get squeezed, what do you get? And when Hannah gets squeezed, you get Jesus. That's the character. That's what comes out of her. And so we've known that. We've seen that. And she has these competencies as well. I mean, the skills to be able to walk with people and love them and care for them. So we're so excited that Hannah has said yes. And so we just wanted to let you know that. And so that's just happened. So Hannah, can we, I mean, for you guys who don't know Hannah, she's been leading worship and participating in different things. You know, I, I, I know she doesn't take this lightly and that kind of thing, and, you know, but, but we're just grateful, grateful for somebody saying yes and wanting to love these students. And so we want to, this is Hannah. I know that she'll be making connections. So if you've got high schoolers and that kind of thing, I, she said she might even say something. So I'll hand it to Hannah to see if she has anything to say. But I would just like to pray for her. Right? You know that creating that place of belonging for high schoolers is so important. So Hannah, anything, not to put you on the spot, but um yeah so speaking of listening to the lord um when he said oh yeah the first time that they asked um i can't remember might have been the summer maybe like may and i had just started a new job taylor and i were planning our wedding there were so many things that were changing we were about to move and uh i remember that announcement went out and like sitting in church i leaned over to taylor and i said i think i want to do that and um at the time I was like, uh, I'm gonna pray on it. And sometimes you're like, hey God, like tell me, like tell me something. And when he does, I'm like, oh wait, no, give me something else. <laughs> like at the time I was like, eh, maybe not. So, um, you know, and, and in my head, I came up with every excuse as to why I didn't wanna do it. Um, I was moving, we were planning our wedding. I had, had just started a new job and I wanted to see how that was gonna pan out. And over the next few months, I just kept praying about it. And I said, God, if this isn't for me, let me know. Just like, let me know. And um, thankfully my wife actually works for the church. And one day a conversation happened again recently. And they were like, hey, Taylor, do you wanna do this? <laughs> and she goes, uh i think hannah's more built for that and i hadn't told taylor that i wanted i wanted to i maybe had whispered it to her that one time and after that i think i just kept praying and so when the opportunity came up again like i knew that this is exactly what god was calling me to do um and this is kind of one of those cool things where i didn't know that i could pray for something like this to be able to happen again and that like our church would trust me with their high schoolers um, but, you know, ministry has been in my blood for a really long time. And so um, it's really cool to be in a place where is, this is my home. And so to be able to pour back into it is really cool. So if you want to come talk to me after church, I may or may not have donuts. I'm extremely food motivated, so I'm hoping all of you are. But if you have high schoolers, just come say hi. Um, I would love to chat with you. And Hannah, 
how close was I to saying your last name correctly? Uh, not, not very close. It's Angshogo. Angshogo. Hannah Angshogo is how it goes. So um, let's pray. So if you know, if you know Hannah, if you're passionate, if you love high schoolers, you have high schoolers, you just want to be a part of praying and stuff. Um, Stand up and come close. The rest of the church, I want to invite you to stand as well. But for, for those who know, like this is, in, you know, you're just fired up about this. Come, let's surround her elders. We've got any elders and stuff in the room. And so, Father, first we say you're the God who speaks. You're the God who calls. You're the God who invites and equips and has led us through so much and led Hannah through so much in your whispers to her about the work and the love and the invitation to join you in what you're doing in the lives of others. We are grateful for that. We're grateful that Hannah has heard you call her name, that Hannah has heard you, your invitation to love, to care, and to serve, and to follow you. And God, we pray you give her wisdom and insight. Fill her with your Holy Spirit. Give her everything she needs. I pray, God, you continue to bring teammates around her, other people to join her and helping her to love that as we lay our lives down for our kids, the kids here, for the students here, the students around here in the neighborhoods and around, um, that they would know that you were trustworthy. And that Jesus is true. So may it be, Lord. So again, we praise you that you give us what we need. And so may, um, may your kingdom come. May our kids flourish. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Praise God. Thank you. All right. If everybody wants to stand up, we have one more for you. Song.
decir. Step up here so I can set this down. Good morning, church. Welcome to Genesis. My name is Seth. I have a few announcements for you. Um, please let us know that you are here by filling out either the green card. You can see a green card on the pew right in front of you. There's also a digital connection card on the website, or also if you get a text in the morning, there's a link you can click right there to. Um, you don't have to fill out the whole thing, just if there's anything new you want to share or let us know you're here or anything like that, you can fill that out. Um, our brains. Our brains are beautiful, a beautiful but baffling wonder that God has created. Join us on November 12th, following our Sunday service, as we look at how ADHD and neurodivergence can be just another aspect of that beautiful design. Whether you're wondering for yourself, curious for your child, whether you're teaching or serving in some way, uh, this will be helpful for anyone and everyone. By making small adjustments for neurodivergence, we will find that it actually helps everyone. I can actually relate to that with my kids and some of the things we've faced with my kids. I think I'm a better dad for having faced, I'm a better dad to all my kids having faced some neurodivergence in some of my kids. Um, so come, be open to learning from our speaker and psychotherapist Drew Yankee and be ready to have a good discussion. There will be lunch and childcare is available and it's a $10 registration fee for that event. We want to change the world through creating spaces of belonging through helping individuals identify and develop their calling, and through taking action for the good of others. If you're wondering, what is this church about? Or what are our elders or our staff aiming for? That's it, that's the statement. So one space of belonging is small groups. Um, we joined this church or started attending about a year ago and Greg and Julia invited me to a small group. I was thinking about this last night as I was thinking about the announcements and um, a funny moment that seemed to happen every single week where like everyone had packed into Greg and Julia's kitchen. At some point it happens every time, you know? And for me, that's really a moment of belonging. It really felt that way to me. Um, so this week we start our churchwide fall emphasis entitled All Inclusive. And there is a weekly small group component. Um, we didn't tell you that we were going to do this, but would anyone who is either leading or hosting a small group, if you're here, would you stand up? Who's here right now who's leading or hosting a small group? So there are a couple different ways. Thank you. So just take a look around. These are some people you can actually talk to if you're interested, or maybe you see someone and think, oh, wait, I know that person. You can ask them about, uh, about the small groups. Thanks, guys. You can sit down. Um, you can also just sign up in the lobby if you'd rather. There's right back in the lobby, there's a sign-up sheet um, to join a small group. So, or you can let us know on the digital green card also or on the green card in your, if your sheet if you want to join a small group or you want more information. Um, and it's noted here there is a group that meets Sundays after the service in the South Hall. So that can be a good thing to fit into your schedule if you have a really busy schedule. All right, last one. Are you new to Genesis, or even just kind of new to Genesis? We're having a meet and greet 
Sunday, October 29th from 5 to 7 p.m. And it's a chance to just get to hear what Genesis is all about. Eat together and connect with pastors and others. So that green card or the digital green card, that's also how you let us know if you're interested. I should say, Bo told me, if you have given your information and we know you're kind of new, probably we'll be reaching out to you. But if we haven't, or if you've never given your email or your phone or any kind of information, you're thinking, actually, I want some info about that, please fill out that green card or fill out the, the, card, the digital card. Okay, that's all I have. Dan, did you have something to share? Thanks. Um, we've got uh, special guests that are coming next week. Rick and Anita Gutierrez, they are missionaries, uh, uh, medical missionaries uh, serving God in South Africa. And they were supported before Genesis and First Baptist of Royal Oak merged together. So we've been connected with them for a long, long time. And having them uh, here with us is going to be a special treat. Uh, Rick's got an amazing testimony. He was homeless as a teenager on the streets, I think, of Detroit. Um, he ended up uh, through all kinds of ways. He was baptized at the church I used to pastor, First Baptist in Dearborn. Uh, went to a school in Michigan, both he and his wife, and they became medical doctors. And uh, God called them to use that in South Africa. They do amazing church-based uh, community health care and um, some really cool stuff. We're talking about possibly having a lunch uh, time, get, go to one of the local restaurants to eat after service. If you're interested in that, please talk to me or pop me an email or, or uh, a call, and uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. Okay. Yeah, that's it. So uh, take a couple uh, minutes here to say hi to somebody, connect with each other. Thanks.
Well, good morning. It's great to be together today. Welcome to Genesis. I was grateful for Jerry leading that time of sharing where you saw God at work, where do you see God around you. That, yeah, the most intimidating part of that role was when no one immediately shares and then you like have to launch it off. And Jerry led with beautiful vulnerability and authenticity. And then just the stories of people hearing from God, these whispers, Greg sharing and Hannah sharing. It's beautiful. That's why we gather who we long to be as a people. So I'm glad you're here. I know I get so encouraged hearing those stories. We're starting a conversation today. It's a conversation that has been launched um, within us as a community, partly within the leadership and staff. And ages ago, we were asked this question, what's the niche? What's the niche of Genesis? And we wrote down, it was almost as matter of fact and so quickly, we're an inclusive community. We said that was our niche. We wrote it out and we've just sort of sat on that. Yep, that's who we are. That's who we are. Uh, but never really kind of getting into what does that mean? And there's no one voice that actually can describe what that means. We would have to sit here and ask you to know what does it mean for us to be an inclusive community? But we knew that it's central to who we are. We also believe that it's incredibly beautiful and reflects the character of Jesus and the heart of a God in this. But it's also it's a journey. And it's shaped by each person that is here. Now, when you hear that, a number of ideas can come to your head. The one thing we know about what that isn't, it's not uniformity. When we say we're an inclusive community, it does not mean that every one of us believes the same thing. Actually, it's the opposite. It's meant to be a group of people who can view things differently, think differently, and look differently. But the hope of this conversation, that's why we have groups, and it's called a conversation. Today in here will not feel like a conversation, because I'm just going to talk. But here in a few weeks, after the second Sunday, we'll have a conversation. And every, every Sunday after this, there'll be groups having conversations. If you're not in a group, you want to be a part of one, you can grab, you can sign up for one. If you just want to have the conversation in your home with some friends, um, we've, we've created some discussion questions to move the conversation. We would love for you to be a part of that, that you help to make this conversation. So this is where we're going. We're kind of saying, what does this mean? Our hope in doing it is that we actually want to celebrate the boundary-blowing, inclusive nature of God that's reflected in the person of Jesus. And not only do we want to celebrate the all-inclusive nature of God, but we also want to imitate it among us. We have no intent, I have no intent of being like, oh, I want to shift your thinking. I don't know what your thinking is, and for me to say I need to shift it is, is number one, potentially arrogant and maybe even flawed. That does not mean I don't want your thinking shifted. I do. I want my thinking shifted, but the one who shifts our thinking is not me. It's the Holy Spirit. And so just so you know, I'm a terrible Holy Spirit. <laughs> but we want to be open to being shifted by each other 
and then pointing at that and saying, that was the Spirit. So come on the journey. We don't know what it's going to be like. And so we're going to unfold it today. Now, just so you can know my mood, my mood at the moment is kind of wired, a little bit frantic, a little bit manic, um, and I'm ready to just throw up on you everything I've been thinking about this for the ages. But wisdom met with me in the form of Julia Jackman and said, take it slow and make it safe. And so our commitment to this all-inclusive conversation is that we're going to take it slow and we're going to make it safe. So that's the aim for today. Let's take it slow, let's make it safe, and come along with us. So, Father, would we we consent to you as the teacher? You've given us the Holy Spirit to guide and to direct us. Um, You have shaped us and formed us and gathered us as people, Um, and we are better together than apart. And so, God, would you, sh- would you show the unique doing that you are longing to do in your people in this time, in this place? Would you give us language for it so that we could celebrate it, be shaped by you, and follow your move? Have your way, Lord, we pray. Amen. All right, so as we kind of say, we consider ourselves to be an inclusive community. There was a, there, in, in, in Acts 8, and this is going to be so brief, in, in Acts 8, there's an early follower of Jesus named Philip. He's a Hellenistic Jew, so he's, he's, he's a little bit different. We're going to teach more about this in a few weeks. But he is moved by the angel of the Lord to go to a certain road, a road that leads from Jerusalem to Gaza. Interesting in these days, correct? But the Lord moves Philip to go there, to be ready. And the Lord moves him to this Ethiopian eunuch who is there in a chariot reading a scroll of Isaiah. They have this, and the Lord moves him to come up to him and have this conversation with him. And as this eunuch, and again, the eunuch has a name, but the writer is wanting us to know he's a eunuch. He's a eunuch from Ethiopia. And they're having this conversation. They're having a conversation about Jesus. And as they're going along, it says that Philip shares with them the good news of Jesus to this eunuch. And immediately as they're going along, the eunuch sees some water and says this. This is in Acts 8, verse 36. Oh, there's water. Is there any reason why I shouldn't be baptized? Can you see any reason why I I, I shouldn't be baptized? He's kind of like saying, oh, you've just shared all this good news about Jesus and this this movement and, and about God's longing for life and blessing in the nations. Can you see any reason that I, an Ethiopian eunuch, would be excluded? I think it's an interesting question because Truth be told, if we're going to take the Bible and flip pages and look for a reason for someone to be excluded, I want to tell you right now, you can find one for everyone in the Bible. You can find a verse that would paint a picture, potentially say they're excluded. More importantly for the the eunuch, there's a verse that talks about eunuchs being excluded. But yet, that's not the story. When they're asked, is there any reason, over and abundantly, the answer is no. And immediately, they're baptized. When we look at churches today, there seems to be a a principle that undergirds how we do church today. 
Jürgen Moltmann, who is a German Reformed theologian, he's like 96 years old, he's still living. He's written a number of books. He, um, he writes, he said, there's this undergirding principle of how churches do it today, and it's this, birds of a feather flock together. Right? It's just, yeah, yeah, we know the principle, right? Like, wow, look how much you guys know the undergirding principles of the church. Now, Jurgen says this principle, I mean, you get the principle, correct? It's like people who think alike, have the same mindsets, who look alike, can maybe spend alike. Like they, that, that they, they have a tendency to move together, to flock together, to gather together. That churches sort of assimilate, especially churches today, with people groups who think, spend, think, act, feel, vote, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera alike. Now, Jurgen says, oh, this is not actually good. This actually doesn't benefit the church. It actually hinders the conversations and the message because then this medi- the medium, the message is distorted as far as who God is. He says, oh, you know what? There's a better underlining principle to undergird the church. And another early disciple of Jesus named Paul wrote it. In Romans 15, he says this. Accept one another as Christ has accepted you, thus bringing glory to God. An undergirding principle of how the church functions and gathers, with that being the heartbeat of it, accept one another as Jesus Christ, the Messiah, accepted you. And this brings greater glory, of glory to God. This glorifies God. So then the question might be from this, how has Jesus Christ accepted you? What is your understanding of the acceptance of Jesus Christ towards you? My experience has been utter inclusion and acceptance. Mine has been one of utter welcome of Jesus, even when I felt unworthy, undeserved, worthless. Even with all flaws and failures, even when my thinking was corrupted and wrong and distorted, it was always and has Never not been, but welcome. But that no, that has not been the case for everyone. As Christ accepts you, accept one another. How do we move in this way? The theologian, artist, advocate, Bono, he's impressive, he gotta admit. Um, I've listened to his conversation with Brene Brown a few times based on his memoir. I find him speaking about the church to be beautiful and compelling. Um, in, in a conversation, something that just moved me, he was writing about the one campaign that he was a part of and trying to move people and he was really trying to move. Um, he's a follower of Jesus and he was trying to help move people to eradicate 
um, the debt of the poorest countries in the world. And in this campaign, he said this, he says, you don't have to agree on everything with someone if the one thing you agree upon is important enough. <laughs> you don't have to agree on everything with, with, with everyone or someone if the one thing you agree upon is central enough, important enough, if it's life-giving enough, if it's compelling enough to move you. And when we think about this kind of posture about being all-inclusive, I think it anchors on that idea that we do not agree on everything. Actually, we probably, it, our community, and when it comes to this community, we have a tons of stuff we disagree upon, from ideas and thoughts and doctrines and how you read it and all of this. But there are some central one things we agree upon that drives us together and says, oh, Let's move together. This idea of a part of sort of agreeing upon something and moving toward that maybe can be described in these ideas called center set thinking versus bound, bounded set thinking. If you've heard these ideas, we've shared about this once before. Um, so let me share the big idea and then let me illustrate it and then let me point to a text that highlights this kind of thinking. It's the kind of thinking that Bono was kind of saying. We don't have to agree upon everything. If there is something central to us, the one thing that we can agree to move upon together. And so uh, I got an illustration of what this looks like, uh, two pictures. So a bounded set is, it, it primarily describes something in a category that's in the category as opposed to something that's out of a category meaning that uh, who's in, who's out. What's in this box, what is out. So maybe a bounded set is dogs. And dogs are like, if you're a dog, you're in it. And it's pretty clear. They have very clear intrinsic characteristics. Can anybody name a breed of a dog? Exactly, right? They are in a bounded set. But if we said Siamese cat, they're like, no, you're excluded. That's a bounded set. It's who's in, who's out. And, and some, or sometimes this becomes an organizing principle within churches. And that's the question. Who's in, who's out? Or in theology, it becomes a bounded set. And there's all these different things that would bind them into the set. We believe this, we act this way, we do this, we don't do that. I when I was like 15, I went to a Nazarene church, and for whatever reason, at that time in like 19, whatever year it was in the 80s, they were known for like not dancing and not going to movies. Like that was a thing, right? We are like, oh, that's kind of weird. But that was a part of a bounded set of like who's in, who's out. And maybe you were part of religious groups that also had other things that added to their, that bound them and their characteristics. Now, a centered set it's, it's not trying to ask the question of who's in or who's out. The centered set uh, has a different question that's driving it. And it's about like, the question is like, well, what's, number one, at the center that's pulling us? What's the magnetism of the center? What's the direction or the destination that we're going? And so you can see these illustrations here. A bounded set, like here's in, here's out, and there's a boundary of what's in it. A centered set has all sorts of people, and in this picture it says, oh, how about Jesus being the center? And 
people be either moving toward Jesus or, or away from Jesus or that. But, but yet everybody's included in this journey. Some are going to be closer. Some are going to be further away. We're all potentially going to new places together that we've never been. We're never inviting just someone to say, oh, come and be where you used to be or come to be where I am. No, we're kind of saying, oh, I, this is kind of a new journey. And as we go together, it will be different, but we're going to orient ourselves towards Jesus. That's centered thinking. An example, another example of that that is used in the conversation is uh, taking the analogy of fences and wells. In Australia, they've got a ton of livestock, and they have a ton of land. And so the question is, how do you keep your livestock safe and separated from other people's livestock when you have 100,000 acres of land? Here, we build fences in order to keep people in, in order sort of keep the livestock in to protect them and also to keep them divided from the other livestock of someone else. In Australia, they have too much land, so they cannot build fences, so they build wells. They build wells because that's the thing that draws the livestock. If the, if the livestock moves too far away from water, they will die. And so the animals will not graze or move too far because it will mean utter death for them. And so that's the difference in these bounded set kind of centered set. The centered set is like, let's build a well. This will be the thing that will drive us to it because it brings life. And this is where life will center around and we'll be moving towards that. This is what we long to do. We experiment with this idea of saying, could it be that one way to describe this central organizing feature that draws all of us together is this pursuit of being oriented to Jesus. Is this invitation to follow Jesus who is true and good and the perfect and the exact revelation of the Father? Could it be that if we orient ourselves towards Jesus on that journey, wherever we are, the closer that we move to Jesus, could it be that we would be formed more and more into the likeness of Jesus as we get closer to Jesus? Has that been your experience? Not in a way of overly righteous or pure or angelic, but this idea of being shaped and formed by God. The centered set kind of thinking is, by nature, more inclusive. Everyone is included. We just long to move towards Jesus. And the reality is, is even though us who would say we're included, you and I could be moving further away from Jesus in our hearts and our minds and our actions. It doesn't mean we're excluded. It just means that we're not. We're probably experiencing a bit more death than life. Not because God is cursing us, because we're not living in the vein. We're not living in the fuel. We're not living in the life of God's breath and aware of it. Could it be that, that we could orient around that or orient around the love of Jesus? Again, we can call it different things that orient us to the center. But we believe that being an inclusive community is being able to say, oh, here's where we're going. Here's who's in the lead, Jesus and we're determined to go there and want to include anyone and everyone on that journey to encourage them towards that place. Paul, in Galatians 3, 
when he talks about this focal point of the center, in Galatians, it's written like this. So in Christ Jesus, you're all children of God through faith, through trusting God's love and concern and care for you, trusting God's welcome for you. That's what it means, faith. For all of you who are baptized into Christ and have clothed yourself with Christ, there's neither Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free, nor there's male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you're Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. In some way, in the center of this text, it's like, oh, what is the center that is driving us? Well, it's being a people of the Messiah. Jesus is the center. What matters is being Messiah people, that God has launched this new creation in which the old differences cease to matter. And what matters is we believe in Christ. We belong to Christ. We're baptized into Christ, immersed into Christ. And Christ is being formed in us. Could it be that this is the center Christ is the center, and we're drawn. So that's where we want to invite you to go on this conversation. It's not about uniformity and all being the same, but it's kind of saying, can we journey together in this way? Can we journey together with Jesus being our pool, the Messiah, being the one that's drawing us together, and we continue to find language about what this inclusive community, what it really looks like, and the way you would describe it, and the way that Jesus is encouraging you to shape it, and what your experiences are in it and around it. As we said, we want to take it slow, but we also want to make it safe. So slow means that we're going to, the pace of the conversation has even shaped, has even slowed since last week. And so we're going to take it slow, and we're going to talk more about this next week. But we want to give you some ground rules for conversation, some ground rules for engagement. So those are going to be a part of each group, and I actually have some more in the back there. So these are the ground rules. Nasha, who's one of our elders, passed these on um, to us, sort of best practices, that we can create an environment, we can create a safe environment, an inclusive environment for conversation. For not to be stilted, but for it to be increased. And we kind of know, hey, if there's something that we could grow in as a people worldwide, but especially in the United States, it would be, can we grow in our ability to have conversations with people where they are not silenced, ridiculed, or shamed, but allowed to come? So here's some ground rules. Number one, we want to leave our assumptions at the door. So you may be joining a conversation in someone's home or not, but if not, if you want these rules, we think they're just great when we're having conversations with people. Leave your assumptions at the door. This is challenging because we all have biases. And so the statement says this, assuming we know the outcome or impact of a discussion before it happens makes it challenging for honest, open dialogue to take place. So know this, the conversations that we have are not leading or trite. We do not know where the conversations are going to go. But we do know that every one of us has a bias. 
We're coming in with things. So we want to acknowledge that we have unconscious biases that we bring to discussions, and we're going to be talking about this in the weeks. But we want to challenge ourselves to recognize what your balances are, biases are, and leave them at the door, God willing. That's the first commitment that we want to make. Number two, we want to encourage you to be your authentic self, to be you. The best discussions are usually ones where people show up authentically. This is what we saw even today when Jerry was leading our testimony time. She was being herself, sharing her life, the realities of it, the love that she experienced with other people. We want to show up to the best that we can. The best discussion is we show up authentically. Give yourself and others room to let their guard down and share their unique wisdom and perspectives with the group. Their experiences, their perspectives. The third one, step up and step back. This is, you got to hold one, hold the other, and moving back between the fourth. So if you find yourself talking more than others, is that anybody in the room? <laughs> Who in here is the one that say, if there's a question asked, you've got an answer? Yeah, I, I, I sort of, I was raised like you need to have an answer or you participate, right? That's just what it is. So if that's you, you might need to challenge yourself to make sure you leave space for others to share. If you usually avoid talking in group settings and do your thinking and processing in your head, know that we would love to hear your contributions. As a group, we agree to recognize that it takes courage to add your voice to a conversation. Community growth depends on the inclusion of every individual voice. And so we need your voice. So step up and step back. Number, th- number four, we want to honor others' growth. So learning often happens on the edge of our comfort zones. And so you might find yourself on the edge of your comfort zone, even knowing where the conversation is there. You may not even have language for it because it's on the edge of your comfort zone and the edge of your own learning. So it will feel new. Challenge yourself to be open to new ideas and experiences, even if they initially seem uncomfortable to you. The goal is not to agree. It's to gain a deeper understanding. We want a commitment to active listening. This one can be hard, too, for those of us who are always processing in our heads. So ask yourself if you're listening to understand or simply to respond. If you find yourself formulating what you want to say in response rather than giving the speaker 100% of your focus, you may misinterpret what they're saying. Try to suspend your judgment as others speak. If you are unsure what they meant, ask for clarification. This is a challenge for me. Yeah, Gregory, yeah. That you, you've been there, right? So yeah, I'm, I'm always thinking, I, I listen to someone speak, and I'm already thinking what I want to say in response. Instead of, just be present and listen. This one is crucial. We have two more of these. This one is this. Acknowledge intent versus impact. Intent is what you thought your words would mean to everyone. Impact is how those words were perceived by others. Be brave enough to accept that the intent and impact of your words do not match up. Agree that apologies may be needed for the impact of your words, regardless of your intention. Do you get that? You know that in the phrase, right? Um, the, the road to hell is paved with 
I don't know where that phrase came from. Now, okay, now that statement is not saying that hell, this place of eternal torment, has been paved with all these good intentions of other people. No, it, when I think about hell, hell just brings destruction. It brings hurt. It brings harm. It brings in that. So this, the, the hell that we're talking about is here on earth that people have to live in and experience through a lot of things that other people say. Right? So it's kind of saying there was good intentions, but their good intentions came with great harm in the way they were perceived by others. And so the good intentions are not enough. It's like, yes, we get it. The majority of people are lovely people. You love people. You, you didn't mean it to be perceived that way. But learning comes when it's like, oh, wow. I see how my words are met with that way. I'm sorry. Forgive me. That was not. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. So with that, we think there needs to be room for place for people to know that there could be a gap in between what you intend and what, is, and what is received. But we want to be brave enough to sit in those places. One last one. The rules of engagement. This final one. Express gratitude to others. Being vulnerable is not always easy. Commend others when they offer their perspective and experiences to the group. Even, even, um, even, if, it, even if these differ from your own. In return, expect that other group members, group members will reciprocate. I know that in the group conversations, we have a little moment where we just kind of pause and reflect upon what other people have said. And then to express gratitude to each other for their honesty and their vulnerability of what met us, what we heard. And also um, expressing gratitude to God for what we're hearing as part of this conversation as people step in together. These are some ground rules that we want to do. But in all of this, we're trying to make space for each other and for you all to, for us to say, what does it mean for this community to be an inclusive community. And you have a say. You have a way. And we want to invite you into it. We want to make room for that. And we want to gain in clarity and language and action for this. Thanks for being on this journey with us as we make space. So I want to close today with communion. And so uh, I meant to offer to, to have, make sure you guys grab these. If you're on Zoom or Facebook, if you want to grab some elements, can we distribute these? Um, we have the portable version today, the little cup and juice. Andrew, would you mind yes, seeing if people would do so? Thank you so much. And... Um, can we pass this through? There's some communion ones right there behind where Jim is sitting, and there's some in the back. And so let's make sure everybody gets one of these. Gregory, thank you so much. Can we make sure everybody gets that as we take this together? I don't know if you've noticed, we do communion every week. Is that how it has to be? No. Um, is it right or it's wrong? But, but we're doing it. We've, we've been doing it for a bit as an invitation. There's some communities, like if you've studied theology and you know the Eastern Orthodox, the Catholic Church, they kind of say, no, this is central to what we do. 
Like this practice of engaging Jesus, of participating with Jesus, eating and drinking, proclaiming the death and resurrection of Jesus is central to what we do. I find this to be a beautiful reminder to each of us about Jesus inviting us to his table. As we even started with those words that kind of said, as Christ is, uh, receive, accept everyone as Christ accepts you. I think of communion as this invitation to come to the table of Jesus and to take, partake intimately of himself. One of the things we continue to say to each other when we take the bread and the juice is that we say, the Lord welcomes you and wants your company. And we remind each other to even look around and say, the Lord offers that to you, but he also offers that to everyone else here. The Lord welcomes you and wants your company and theirs, and theirs, and theirs, and theirs. It's a reminder. It's a reminder, too, that we all sit at this table together and we eat. And we're eating and drinking and remembering what is central to us. Jesus, I find that to be important. That's why we do it. We do it in different ways, in different forms. Other ones you might find more meaningful. On the first Sunday, we'll sit around a table and we'll do it around a meal. So if you come to the meal with us on the first Sunday, we sit at tables and we partake of it. After discussions, we come around a table and, and eat together. So, but we welcome you and so does, <laughs> so does God and wants your company and each other's. So let's share in this today. I'm going to share a few prayers. This comes from the Iona community and a part of their liturgy around communion. And so I'm going to say a few prayers, then we're going to eat and drink, and then we're going to close with the Lord's Prayer as we're centering ourselves around Jesus and the Word saying, Jesus, said, when you pray, pray this way. So, here's our prayer. Blessed is our brother Jesus, who walks with us the road of our world's suffering, and who is known to us in the breaking of bread. On the night of his arrest, Jesus took bread, and having blessed it, he broke the bread and gave it to his disciples, saying, this is my body given for you. In the same way, he took wine, and having given thanks for it, he poured it out and gave the cup to his disciples, saying, This cup is the new relationship with God, sealed with my blood. Take this and share it. Hear us, O Christ, and breathe your Spirit upon us, upon this bread and wine, or this bread and juice. May they become for us your body, vibrant with your life, healing, renewing, and making us whole. And as the bread and wine which we now eat and drink are changed into us, may we be changed again into you, bone of your bone, flesh of your flesh, loving and caring in the world. Amen. Let's eat and drink. Thank you, Lord, for your body. Thank you, God, for your blood, forgiveness of sin, and your life.
Would you stand? And let's pray this common prayer, the Lord's Prayer of the Our Father. I again invite you to pray the version you know. If you don't know this prayer, if it's still a new prayer to you or you've forgotten it, we've got a version of it that you may know. It's got a few thighs in there, but it'll be okay. But let's pray this together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive them that trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. My friend Ken Tanner, an Orthodox or a Charis Pentecostals, Anglican Orthodox, you know, I don't know what he is. <laughs> but he's like, oh, Bo, would you, I encouraged me a few years ago to sign the cross at the end of the prayer. Uh, mostly just to remind me of the shape of Jesus, which is self-giving love. I like... That's what Jesus did. Jesus is the center. And so when I signed the cross, it's like, oh yeah, that, that was the demonstration of your love. You're willing to lay yourself out, give yourself. And we're included into that. We can, we can do that. We can do those symbols and include it into all this beautiful church that Jesus loves and includes. Thanks for being here with us. Come with this conversation. Next week, we're going to be looking more at the inclusive nature of God in the scriptures. Jump into a conversation. You can sign up for that. If you want to know some spaces, there's actually a group that's meeting today, um, right afterwards. Uh, Sam and Chris um, are, are going to, are leading that group and grab some food, come back. We're going to be meeting down in South Hall for it. We've got, most of us have kids in there, so it will be crazy, and they just kind of run wild. And we do our best to have conversations. So if you're looking for a place and it's hard to have a conversation, today is available. God bless you. Thanks for joining us on this journey. Yes. I can't wait for that.